0: This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your earbuds with us over uh, an extended period of time. We really appreciate our long-term listeners and you sharing your reviews and ratings on iTunes and Stitcher. We really appreciate that. Today... We have a guest with us who is all about video. We've got Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. Now, you want to stick around to the end of this. I know there's a fantastic resource that will be available for you. Ben, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, very well, Jack. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, you are a video guru. You run Engage Video Marketing. You've got Innovate Media up on the Sunshine Coast, clients all over the place. But who is Ben Amos? What's your backstory? How did you get corrupted into video? What's your background, mate? <laughs> corrupted into video. It's, a,
1: it's an interesting space to play. I'm sure your listeners will understand the power of video, which we'll get into today. But look, my background has been pretty squarely in video for a while. Um, you know, basically, I went through university and, and became a high school teacher of film and media. Um, so I taught in secondary schools for a number of years. And uh, you know enjoyed the ability to to transfer my passion of, of video and and that medium of communication to students, but after not too long i, I didn 't really see that as a future for me, so I basically uh, stepped out and started my own video production business. Uh, right. The short story is I started shooting weddings first of all, weddings are a big industry here on the sunshine coast, and uh, I was able to produce wedding films while I was still teaching full time and before too long, the, the wedding business picked up enough that I was able to confidently, somewhat confidently, leave <laughs> my full-time teaching position and, and start making videos full-time. And after a number of years of wedding video production, I uh, I basically drew a line in the sand and said, you know, I don't want to be working weekends. I don't want to, we had a small family or young family and I, I wanted to be, you know, creating a business that, that fitted, fitted yeah. me. And and so I moved very deliberately into producing videos for businesses and, and uh, just went from there. So now the agency uh, up here on the Sunshine Coast Innovate Media, we 100% produce online video content with a strategy for, uh, for businesses, large and small across predominantly Queensland, also around Australia.
0: We won't hold the Queenslander thing against you, mate. We'll, uh, we'll move on. We won't mention State of Origin 2018 or should we? No, <laughs> no, no we, we won't. I'll move on. Move on. Right, got it. I'm a Blues fan for those uh, listening along. That's Rugby League. There's a lot of Southern State listeners here who've got no clue what this Rugby League thing is. We'll we'll forgive them. (laughs) Okay, so there's weddings and now it's doing videos for all sorts of companies, large and small, but I know you're big on the strategy. So we're going to get into some nuts and bolts mechanics of video production, but let's talk about strategy and what mistakes do you see businesses make when it comes to thinking about the strategy of video?
1: Yeah, Jack, it's a, it's a good question. And behind this question is the reason why we've, we've pivoted the agency into now what I call what we do, uh, an online video strategy agency and video production is how we deliver what we do. So, and that's been a deliberate shift in our business over the last number of years, because what I was seeing was we were producing video content for our clients, they were paying good money for it. They were, they were stoked with the outcome. You know, we were getting paid. Everyone was patting themselves on the back. The clients would have a great video, but they didn't have a clue what to do with it. (laughs) So what we would see in countless examples, five, six years ago when we were delivering these videos to our clients is they were undoubtedly just sticking it on YouTube, maybe emailing it to a few people Family and right. friends, yeah. and we would check back on the video where they'd stuck it up on YouTube. At, you know, six months later, and in one particular instance where a client had paid five thousand dollars for a particular video, they had amassed a huge thirty views on their video right. on YouTube, and YouTube was the only place where they'd actually. Put it? So clearly I think anyone can see that there was very little return on that investment. Now the client wasn't feeling um, unhappy about the content that they'd produced. They'd got what they had paid for, but they had no idea what to do with it. And so they, they hadn't been approaching it strategically in the first place. And as a, as a provider of a a solution, we hadn't actually, you know, provided them the right solution. We'd just given them what we thought they wanted was a video. So that kind of, I guess, launched us onto the, the path of really understanding what it means to deliver effective video strategy and how we can implement that for our clients. And that's where the conversation starts. Now it's not about what video do you want us to make, but instead, what do you want to achieve in your business? What needle do you want to move? You know, what, mm. what needs to be affected within your business or organization or the way you're communicating with your ideal customers Yeah, And if video is the right way to do that, then let's define the creative and technical approach to make that happen and then implement the video in the right way on the right platforms to actually get those intended results. And that's the core of what strategic online video is all about.
0: Okay. Interesting. So when we're talking about video strategy, what are there any pillars that we should think about and how can how can video really play a part in our overall business objectives and business strategy? I would say it all, it all
1: comes down to when you're thinking about approaching video strategically for your business is you need to, First of all, understand who it is you're talking to. So Great. I've, I've basically kind of mapped it around seven elements to an effective online video strategy. And I'll, I'll run through those seven elements for you Great. quite quickly because we can go deep into each of them, but we won't in this podcast. But sure. element number one is audience. It's got to start with who you're talking to. Who, who do you want to reach in your business and move them to take a desired action, which will result in your business growth, right? So who are your customers? When wow. you know your audience, then, from there, we move to the second element, which is content, because once we know your audience, you know what they want to know about you, you can really identify and start to map out what your potential content is is going to be from there, we need to understand the goals, so that comes back to you know what is what is your business objective from any piece of content so mm-hmm. for goals we 're basically talking about whether it be brand awareness goals. So, you know, reaching cold traffic. who have never heard about you before and um, getting them to buy in before you ask them to buy from you. Sure. Or maybe the goal is more at the conversion end of the journey. So it's more about making that sale or getting people across the line or, or to actually buy from you. So, and there's a, a journey through there between that awareness and conversion which we could explore as well but when you understand what the goal is what you want to achieve with your business and you understand what the content is and you know who you're talking to we move then to the fourth element which is now that you've created the video what are you actually going to do with it so <laughs> fourth element is distribution so and this is actually an increasingly complex element to video strategy yeah, which is course where are you actually going to stick the video um, and the, the, the number of platforms that you can potentially use as your distribution channel for your videos exploding every, every year. And that leads to overwhelm. So basically most people just uh, end up sticking it on YouTube, for example, or maybe uploading it the same version from YouTube to their Facebook channel or something, Facebook page or something like that. So distribution is the next one, which you need to understand in your strategy. N- sure. The next element then is optimization. Now, optimization scares the pants out of a lot of people. The idea of search engine optimization and SEO, which is Mm -hmm. potentially a very complex subject and surrounded by a lot of connotations, I think. Uh, At its heart, I talk about optimization as being the things that you do around your video content online in order to optimize it for both the audiences and the algorithms. So, when you think about you know, what can you do to get the right audiences to actually click on your video? And then what can you do to encourage the algorithms or those computer programs behind those different platforms to show your video to the right people? So that's optimization. The next element or the sixth element is metrics. So if we understand the data that we can see behind our videos or the metrics or the analytics, then we understand which metrics actually matter because... I think if anyone's like dove into the back of their YouTube channel and had a look at YouTube analytics, for example, there's so much data there. It's kind of like, wow, I can look at like where people have come from. I can look at number of views. I can look at retention or how long people have watched for. So because I've got so much data available to me, I'm actually not going to look at any of it. (laughs) very often because
0: it's analysis paralysis,
1: isn't it? Absolutely. So when you're approaching it strategically through those previous five elements, when you get to the sixth element of metrics, you know, which metrics matter, you know, which ones you need to look at, pay attention to. And then the seventh element is an interesting one because I call the seventh element of an effective video strategy production. And that's when you actually produce the content. So that's where you make decisions around. Okay. Is it going to be a DIY iPhone? kind of a project or am I going to you know put a significant budget behind this and go to a, a you know professional video production company or am I going to do it as a live Facebook show on a weekly basis whatever the production decisions are that you make really should be the last decision you make all of those okay. other six elements should be discussed and, and mapped out first in an effective strategy
0: does that make sense yeah that's uh, that's super useful so let's Let's come back to the start. I mean, if we stop the podcast there, that's incredible value. I'm sure listeners have been uh, blown away by thinking through those steps. Let's talk a little bit about the strategic difference between awareness at branding content versus the the conversion content. What are some of the distinct differences and how do we be strategic around creating awareness versus conversion content?
1: Yeah, and this is... This is a really interesting thing to, to dive into because when we're talking about that that element of the goal that we talked about before, really what we want to do is to align the goal with that audience and where they are on that journey to buy from us. So it, in its simplest forms, it, it, whether you understand the, the concept of a, of a customer funnel or a, or a customer journey marketing funnel type approach, you've kind of got the first point of contact potentially for a customer being that awareness stage. And this is when you identify that, that the customer or potential customer. They're becoming aware of a need that will eventually lead them to buy from you. And at that stage of their journey, we need to recognize that they're connected on an emotional level. So there it's, there's things that's keeping them up at night. You know, there's either physical pains or mental pains or things that, Uh, happening within their own world that is making them feel unease you know and when you identify what that pain is I guess may not be a physical pain it may just be more a frustration or whatever it is but Mm -hmm. when you identify what that that is you need to understand that that's how you need to connect people at that awareness stage so when we talk about that first stage of, of the customer journey we need to be connecting on an emotional level. I said it before, getting people to buy in before you ask them to buy. Mm. And then as they move further down the funnel, now they're at a stage which I call basically uh, they're in the consideration phase. You know, So sure. at this phase, they're now aware that they have a need and they're considering purchasing something uh, or taking an action that will help them with that need so when you're in this consideration phase really what they're after is primarily education they want information this is when they're actively google searching things trying to find answers to their problems so i talk about the goal here of social engagement so when we talk about content in this center i guess center goal here uh, in the center of the customer funnel Mm -hmm. really what we want is to be connecting with people on a social level providing education information or inspiration to people positioning us as experts and I I guess providing helpful content to people, Mm, you know, if we can provide helpful content to people when they're in this consideration phase, then who are they going to move further down the funnel with? Who are they going to engage with further? And of course it's going to be us. So we've kind of got them to buy in at the beginning so they kind of sat up and paid attention and now they, they think that we're a potentially a good fit for them. Now we've provided masses of value. Now they know that we're a good fit for them. So then we get to the pointy end of the funnel or to conversion. And that's when from a content perspective, we want to be addressing the rational decision that they're going to make. Sure. The reality of human, human beings is that we buy with emotion and we justify that decision with rational logic later. So The journey starts at the emotional end, but it does become a rational decision of, am I going to part with my cold hard cash? And this is where from a content perspective, the videos we need to create at the conversion end need to be addressing those potential sticking points or those rational things that's going to prevent them from buying from you. So it may be you may be creating videos here, which are more about how the service is delivered, so that people feel like, okay, I feel confident and, and trust in the approach that I'm going to go through now. Or sure. maybe it's a testimonial type videos, which is more showing other people that have had a success with that particular product or service, or maybe it's, it's just, you know, behind the scenes, you know, lifting up the curtain a bit and showing people if you do buy or you do become a client or customer of ours, this is the kind of thing you're going to do or see your experience. That kind of thing can be really great at converting people and getting them across the line. So the Mm -hmm. kinds of video you create at that point on that conversion end of the funnel being very rational is very different to the kinds of videos you create at the awareness end, which are more around
0: emotional or storytelling based content. Yeah. Okay. That so, yeah. That, that's really interesting. I'm sure listeners would, uh, can really resonate with that. And if we were to make an example of this or put it in the context for health clinic owners, uh, and I think it's important also to note listeners as we talk about some more businessy terms of leads and prospects and funnels and conversions, we are talking about people and humans here on their health journey, yeah. uh, so let's keep that in mind. And so, an example might be at the awareness stage, we're creating videos that are telling stories around people who have been in pain but have potentially made it through, or you know, the the impact that an injury might have on someone, the impact that a, an impediment might have on a child with speech or learning difficulties. In the middle there, around consideration is answering some of those questions that they're probably Googling. We're positioning ourselves as the authority and expert. We just had Marcus Sheridan on the podcast who's an absolute guru on content and he, he spoke about the principle of they ask, you answer and really creating great videos that answer Google questions. And at the end, that conversion-type video would be something where you're introducing your practitioners um, or that what to expect when you attend an assessment that's the type of video that we're talking about here's an insight into our clinic and the journey that patients go on is that a fair assumption in terms of examples
1: yeah i mean that's exactly right and there's
0: there's many ways that you can i guess
1: massage those content ideas around those goals and you can be quite creative with that or you can be you know relatively straightforward as well but you know i think that's you've painted a beautiful picture there of that what i call the full funnel video strategy where you're thinking about video across that full funnel from awareness through mm-hmm. to conversion. Interestingly, actually there's one more stage in my full funnel approach, which is what happens after they buy. And And this is mm-hmm. for the, what I call the goal of delight or how you, how you use video to address the advocacy, the advocates of your potential brand product or service. And, and I think it's important to recognize that the journey doesn't end when they buy from you. I mean, yes, the marketing journey ends, but now becomes the advocacy journey. so, Using video as a way to provide delightful experiences for clients. Maybe it's a thank you. Maybe it's a personalised video uh, using an app like Bonjoro, which you may have talked about on this I'm a, I'm a um, podcast before. Bonjoro, absolutely. So when you when you think about how you can use video to personalise and humanise the customer onboarding, the client onboarding, or the client experience just with your organisation, then that can be super effective in driving Absolutely. new leads
0: into the top of the funnel. Yeah, I love it Ben and you know inside the clinic mastery business academy we we train our members on how to create how to use video and other mediums to make sure that we progress our patients along the we refer to it as the ladder of loyalty. Getting patients in for an initial assessment is the goal of marketing. And then what happens after that initial assessment is about making sure that clients are optimized towards their goal and being strategic with your video and other content at the key elements of that client journey make a massive difference. Uh, We've just implemented with some of our clients videos at session number five because we know that often patients will drop off at session number six or seven. And so a video that speaks to the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that a patient goes through at session number five has an incredible effect on their retention through to session number eight, nine, ten. So the, the retention value increases, but more importantly, clients get their outcomes as they stick around for longer. That's uh, that's really helpful. Let's shift gears and click into distribution. There's YouTube and there's Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest and all the all these video platforms, what works, what doesn't, what, what type of content works on different platforms? Help us, please. <laughs> sure, yeah. Look, being strategic
1: works. So right. coming back to those seven elements from before, if you've identified what the goal for your particular video is and who your audience is, you know a couple of key bits of information. You, you know, if you know your audience, you know where they play, where they hang out. So I, sure. I talk about the analogy of fish where the fish are. So particularly for that brand awareness goal, for that, you know, top of funnel, those people who haven't heard about you before, but are feeling that pain that you can help them with um, the, from a distribution point of view, you need to identify where they hang out and then produce video content that's native to that particular platform. And when I say native to that platform, I mean, thinking about the language full video on that particular platform, for example, if you know that your ideal target audience, your ideal client, that they're big Instagram users, then you want to be thinking about how you can create video that is specific for the Instagram platform um, with a message that is obviously, if it's at that awareness goal, that is around storytelling and an emotion kind of a message, right? To hook people into that emotional connection that they want to make so instagram for example it's it's going to need to be less than 60 seconds long and, and probably in a square format ratio and highly visual so okay. we can get specific into the platforms but if you understand who your audience is and what the goal for that video is then you understand which platform you need to be using to give you an example of aligning the distribution mechanism to that goal if you want to be creating awareness video the goal is to get the most eyeballs on your video right to sure. create a brand impressions so they're seeing you and they're feeling that emotion through your content and then ideally they go further down the funnel with you but the goal is is to get the most eyeballs ultimately so sure. what we want to do is to use platforms like YouTube and Facebook because they in most cases have the highest reach and engagement so YouTube mm-hmm. being the second largest search engine owned by Google. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be thinking about how you can create content that is, uh, you know, crafted around potential search terms, because like you said, what they're searching for in Google, you could provide answers to, and then bring them into your, your funnel in that way. Sure. Um, but then on the other end of the journey, when you get down to the conversion end, like those examples in a, in a clinic space of, uh, you know, walking them through your actual processes of, of treatment and things like that that's not the kind of video that you want as a public video on YouTube or to stick it on your social media platforms like Facebook where you want that video to live is within your website, you know, Mm -hmm. not necessarily on the front page of your website either, but somewhere further down where people are only going to see it when they're at that ready to buy kind of moment
0: in there. It's almost like a hidden video for the right time.
1: Yeah. So depending on how you implement it, it may actually be a hidden video where they have to have made an inquiry or had some initial touch point with your your business first. And then you send them this video to help convert or get them across the line. So maybe, you know, they've inquired and they've explained, you know, what they're currently, what pain they're currently dealing with. And you could send them a video specific to their needs. But the goal of that video is to actually convert them to get them into that. To, to get them into the clinic. So you can be quite targeted here, particularly if it's not just a try, if you're not trying to create a blanket conversion video that sits on your website next to the book an appointment button. But mm. the important thing with, from a distribution point of view, with your conversion focused videos, there needs to be limited barriers to making that conversion. So it needs to be a video right next to a book now or call us or whatever, whatever the conversion action is. You don't want them to see a video that works at converting and then they have to go and figure out how to convert. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So yeah, distribution when it's strategic can make more
0: sense. Yeah. I don't know if that fully answers your question about which platforms to use and when, yeah, no, it does. And, you know, to if I was to summarise that, you're saying those, those wide-reaching social platforms are great for awareness and consideration type content, but the conversion or the nurturing retention videos are better in a more, you know, hidden might not be the right word, but um, more strategically placed, controlled platform like embedded into an email or a, a hidden URL that people access at the right time. For example for listeners in some of the clinics that we work with they might they have a video an appointment confirmation video embedded on their website that is only visible after someone has made an appointment and that type of content can speak to the specific emotions that people have right after they've they've booked an appointment or you know what is known as made a buying decision so that type of video addresses buyer's remorse and any of those feelings of, have I made the right decision? It's such a great reinforcement video that you would never be able to see until you've made an appointment. And that distribution platform is very different to what happens on YouTube or a Facebook live, for instance. While we're still on distribution channels and social medias, Ben, uh, let's get a little bit more tactical. What types of videos work on, Facebook do Facebook lives work talking head stuff, or does the highly produced stuff work? What should we be thinking about when producing video for Facebook?
1: So when you think about Facebook, you need to first really understand what type of platform it is. You know, it is a social network and people are engaging on Facebook to engage with people in their social sphere of influence. So their friends, their family, brands that they feel a social connection with. And when we, when we recognize that and we recognize why people are opening up their Facebook newsfeed in the first place, they're usually going to it, not with the intention of necessarily learning something or finding out an answer to a, to a particular problem. That's when they turn to YouTube search or Google search, for example. So that's that can inform our YouTube strategy. But when we're talking about Facebook, it's about people to people. It's about social connection. It's about human interaction. So when we recognize that, when we're trying to bring our branded messaging into a Facebook feed, we need to recognize that it, we're talking to people. So you need to be, that's why human centered videos work really well on Facebook. So can you explain you you know, human centered for us? So human centered means that there is a human face or a human person right there in the center of the video. So talking head type videos do work quite well when they're on Facebook, when there is a clearly defined benefit to watching within the opening seconds. So we we talk about having about three seconds in a Facebook news feed to actually engage someone to watch the video for longer. So we need to also be aware that people are watching in the Facebook feed particularly without the sound on initially. So sure. we need to engage visually. So a human face in those opening frames, those opening seconds, but preferably a human face that's smiling and looking engaged and looks like they have something interesting to say um, that that's what can hook them in. But we can also use, you know, uh, text on the screen and things like that in those opening seconds or, or captions to hook people with those, that, that first sentence. Because if someone scrolling their feed doesn't realize in the first, three seconds that this is something worth watching, then they're they're past it. They've gone, they've moved on. So we want to actually focus on those opening seconds. What benefit are you going to get from, from watching this? Um, And if you can do that in a human centered way, then that works really well on Facebook in the same way that Facebook live is a very powerful strategy to use on Facebook and not least of which Facebook's algorithms uh, strongly favor Facebook live. So if you can, um, use Facebook live video strategically and get good engagement and valuable interaction during that live uh, broadcast. And what I mean by valuable interaction is, there's lots of stuff happening in the comments. You want to be using your content and the, the content of your live in a way that encourages people to ask questions or interact or engage in those comments, because that will create a lot of, I guess, algorithm juice behind the video so that when it is then a replay video on Facebook, Facebook will boost it more highly in the organic uh, results the the organic feed. So Facebook live is fantastic. If you go into it strategically with a purpose that's linked to providing value, because that's what mm-hmm. we're aiming to do here. Um, if you're thinking about using more produced videos on Facebook, then you absolutely need to be considering that sound off audience. So Facebook um, is predominantly a sound off video platform um, and people engage with, there's actually statistics that prove that a lot of people often watch an entire video with the sound off if they can get the amazing, get get the value from that. So even if they're getting value, so they're enjoying the video, they will often still watch it all with the sound off if there's captions and things like that. So you need to be aware of that and create content around, around that as well. So Mm, using either the Facebook captions tool um, or actually creating a video with text embedded into the video as the captions. So there are a few different ways
0: to do that. Do we know if baked in captions perform better than the external captions file?
1: I don't, I don't know any specific stats, for that. however, my, my gut feeling is that baked in captions will work better because many people actually don't have the captions on by default or if the caption file, so the SRT file or the, you know, sub rip caption file that uh, you can upload to Facebook, if that's not uploaded in the right way, or or if the language default is not right, then often the captions won't show. Sure. Um, even if there is a caption file there. So because the caption file sometimes won't show, or for example, if someone has their language default set to French, for example, because they may be in Australia, but they may be a French speaker, they can still yeah. absolutely read English perfectly well. Um, but because their default of their Facebook feed is French and you haven't got French, a French caption file there, they're not going to see the captions. But if they had burnt-in captions, they would, they would be able to follow along. It. Yeah. Good
0: point. Great learning, and that's something that can be done really well in a produced environment. is Is those burnt in captions or captions that are embedded in the video uh, can really add a lot of branding and awareness to the video for sure. Ben, can you speak about the difference between iPhone personalized video, like video that we do personally individually, and produced video? What are the are there pros and cons to either of those? Look for anyone. As long as there's a good strategy behind your video, I'd say
1: doing any video is better than doing no video, right? Sure. Um, as long as there's a strategy, I'll say that <laughs> again. But when, I mean, ultimately, it's always going to come down to budget, right? But when it comes to to whether or not you do it yourself or you hire a professional, I want you to kind of picture a that funnel shape that we had before. So, you know, if you think about a, you know an inverted triangle, it, like a funnel, which is wider at the top and pointier at the bottom, And we know that the awareness stage of of our content or our goal for our videos is at the top of the funnel. So we're going to catch more people with those awareness type videos Mm -hmm. than we are at the bottom end, the pointy end of the funnel, which are the people about to buy from us. There's going to be, because of this customer funnel, there's going to be less people at that stage who are going to actually about to become our customer. And then I want you to flip that inverted pyramid around that that funnel shape. So now you've got a standard triangle with a pointy end at the top sit that beside your upside down funnel and that's the way I want you to be thinking about um, the amount of content that you want to create okay. so now you've got a, a pointier end or less content at the awareness phase and then a wider end at the bottom which is where the conversion end is right mm-hmm. so that's basically the way to picture how much content you should be creating so for good awareness, good storytelling content, you don't need a lot of pieces of video content at sure. that end for that purpose. But down at the conversion end, you're going to want a lot, want a lot of little um, pieces of video content that are very targeted to specific needs of, of your customers to convert, to get them across the line. You used some good examples before. So when you understand that that inverted pyramid kind of structure, we know that the videos down the bottom of the funnel at the conversion end, it just doesn't make sense in most cases to have those highly produced, spending a lot of money using a professional video production company. They're the kind of videos that really need to be shot in the moment on your iPhone, in your clinic um, at no cost or low cost because you want to produce a lot of them and they need to be highly personal. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you get to the top of the funnel, which is where you don't need as much content. So when you get to that awareness phase where you're talking about, you know, storytelling, branding pieces of video, that's where I do recommend that you do find some budget and you do go to a professional video production company to actually tell that story just in the same way that you wouldn't sign write your own car or print your own, um, you know, print your own posters for your clinic space. You you wouldn't, you, you ideally don't want to be creating those core brand pieces of storytelling content with your iphone unless you're super confident in how to do that
0: Mm, that's really good advice that's um really useful and that that top of funnel awareness uh, storytelling type of video can be evergreen it reaches you know often thousands tens of thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of people so it makes sense to invest in something of quality that can last for a long time and reach a lot of people right It should
1: last you. I mean, just like a web design, for example, that you maybe want to redo every couple of years um, because your brand's moved on or it's starting to look a bit dated. Same with your brand awareness video content. It should be done well. It should be invested in and it
0: should last you for a couple of years. That's great. That's really useful. Mate, I think those, those seven pillars and thinking about strategically approaching video will be incredibly useful as well as some of the the practical tactical stuff we've covered because that's what we're all about at Clinic Mastery. Uh, Video is one of those areas where amateurs can really stuff it up, (laughs) but amateurs can get it right with the right training and, and coaching and advice. So Ben, if, if the amateurs out there want to learn a little bit more, want to dip their toe in and want to do more than just the selfie video, have you got something for us, something we can learn, some sort of program or course that we can dip our toes in the water?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I've said countless times in this in this interview here, Jack, is it's all about getting clear on what your strategy is behind your video because from there you understand what videos to make and why. And you understand how to use them online in order to get the results you need for your business. And and that's where I would like to help your listeners because I've got got a free, it's a three-part video series, um, which is absolutely free, which will step you through developing the foundations of a video strategy for your business. And basically from that, you'll, you'll really end with a roadmap to what videos you need to start with and and why and how to actually use them to get results for your business. So I call that my foundations course and it's, like I said, it's free. So just head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations and you can you can sign up there and, and, and get into it.
0: Brilliant. We'll make sure we link up to that all around this video, uh, but it's fairly easy, to, uh, this video, this podcast, video on the brain. It's fairly easy to remember, engagevideomarketing.com forward slash foundations Uh, make sure you jump on that it's absolutely free incredibly useful you'll get some massive value out of that ben thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today we've uh, really enjoyed having you on that's been fantastic thanks jack i appreciate it and listeners uh, like we said for any of those show notes or links you can head to www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast all of the links will be there you can get all the insights all our upcoming events our business academy grow my clinic membership admin mastery which has just been launched there is a myriad of resources there make sure you check it out and let us know what you think on itunes stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast thank you so much for sharing your earbuds with us we'll be with you for another episode again really soon This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.